0: good day everyone (laughs) where's Les Ben he needs to be recording more podcasts I'm all caught up I want to listen to more (laughs) I love it well I I can't say thank you enough to everybody that listens to me and I hope that you're gaining something from each and every podcast this isn't just about coyote calling but if you understand what I talk about, it will transform you into a better coyote caller because to be a good hunter, a good predator caller, in my opinion, you have to be rounded in so many other areas to be decisive in knowing what you need to do, not indecisive, meaning you don't know what to do. You've got to stand firm. It's, it's so hard with everything that's out there, all the information you can get on the internet, you can read articles and magazines. There's so much of it that is just a sales pitch people trying to sell something and I hope all of you understand it's never been about that for me although I've had to have sponsors I have to in order to have a TV show so I have to rely on outside dollars to help me pay my airtime my editing my filming paying my brother that's a cameraman I've got to accept money. So, in order to accept money, I have to use their product. Yeah, I'm killing a lot of coyotes with their product. So, I have to do that. Okay? So, I want to talk a little bit today, a little bit, about the kind of person that you are and what it takes to be in my shoes And what it takes to become a better predator caller. Um, Number one, in my opinion, you need to have a leadership quality or leadership qualities. You need to be a leader. And, And being a leader is standing on a firm foundation, not wavering, not giving in to other forces that are outside of you. So, with that said, there's a lot of people in this world that can be really, really, really big, mean, aggressive, behind the scenes, if nobody knows their face, sees their face, they can be a keyboard warrior, they can be on a keyboard somewhere and have an icon that's a cartoon character and they can act like they know far more than you do about a particular subject and you can cower to that person knowing that they may have never ever called in a coyote in their life, but they just say things to act big. So, being a leader, number one, I don't visit forums. I don't go there. I I, I did early on in my career and all it is is a bunch of infighting and a bunch of people that kill one, two, three coyotes a season and they act like they're big and bad and tough. it's it's a bullying contest and it's a pound my chest contest I have been defamed so much on forums it's not even funny so how does a leader handle that a leader he just it's like water on a duck's back it's got to come off your shoulders like water It's just got to splash off. It's got to go. Now, I don't care. Whoever's listening to me right now, each and every one of you has got to be a leader of some sort in your life. You pay your own bills, you buy your new vehicles, your used vehicles, you buy a house, you rent a house, you make decisions. It's your money, your time that went into making that money. So you have to make those decisions. You have to be a leader over all aspects of your life. So are you going to let certain things get to you when you know the actual truth? So, so what am I getting at here? I'm getting at people are always going to try to bring you down when you're doing something good, okay? You could be uh, a youth pastor in a church and your heart's in the right place, doing good things and you have somebody talking about you. It don't matter what you do in life. Somebody's going to be talking about you, okay? And being a leader, you can't let this stuff get to you. You can't because that's what they want. They want confrontation, okay? It comes in your job life. Once you get out of high school and you start working somewhere, some people are content being under a boss their whole life, being an employee. There's other people that start to say you know what I can do this on my own I want to start my own business that is taking control of your life and going in a different direction being a leader so how do you get to be a better predator caller essentially it's very simple It's putting in time and 110% effort. It's having determination, never giving up, never. And I'm just going to give you a story right now. When I, I wanted to be my, my forte in killing coyotes, my forte is when I was in competitions, the thing that hinders everybody in a competition is the wind. When the wind gets 30 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour, where do you go to call coyotes? You've got to get right where they bed down. You've got to get down where they are. So, you've got to learn where a coyote beds what what aspects of the terrain do they like and why are they there and why do they bed down there in the day so one of my fortes was learning to call coyotes in the wind and being successful at it now I'm not talking an eight coyote day I'm talking three coyotes, four coyotes in a day when it's extremely, extremely windy. So, when I was in Wyoming, when the wind was blowing 25, 35 mile an hour and it was 30 to 50 below wind chill, that's when I went out calling coyotes and hunting coyotes. Now, I never made very many stands, but the stands I made produced coyotes because when it's that cold, and that nasty, the coyotes that don't have a full belly, they dang sure come in and they come in fast. Usually within two series, three series, as soon as they hear it, they're on their way. So in other words, when it's really windy, they have to hear you. So if you if you if you call once and you don't have nothing come in and you wait 30 seconds and you blow again and you call really loud, A lot of times if they hear it they're on a dead run like they don't walk in they don't trot in they run in so that's one of the bonuses to calling when it's really really nasty out I did all this before cell phones and my friend Norm out in Wyoming he got so freaking worried about me because I never told nobody where I was going nobody not my wife nobody, if if I said I was going to the Red Desert, (laughs) they had no idea where, because it's millions of acres, you know, so I never had a fear, like, I I had my camo, I had my gun, and I knew I could handle the weather, and I could walk if I had to, I, nine times out of ten, I never even had a shovel in the back of my pickup, and trust me, I got stuck. And it sucks when you got to kick all the snow out of the way. But I, I, I want and my desire is that the people that are listening to me, I want you to be a better person because I'm, I'm trying to help you see things in a different light that some people may not teach you. And it's not just about being a better hunter. It's about being a better person. Because I was that good guy in in high school. I I, and I I'm still considered a good guy and I I like that but I'm I'm much more apt to say no nowadays because there's so many snakes out there. So many people that will use you for their benefit because believe it or not, I believe the United States has really become Sodom and Gomorrah of what the Bible talks about. Uh, You know, sin is running rampant. Uh, The amount of deception nowadays is off the charts. Jezebel spirit is in full blow and the Jezebel spirit can be in the man, can be in a man or a woman. And if you're with a Jezebel, you become an Ahab. And what is an Ahab? You give in to her. If you're with a female that's a Jezebel. And what that means is you are no longer a leader. The man is above the woman. Okay? I don't care what anybody says and feminism has destroyed this world as we know it. Making Women equal to men. They are not and I've had disputes with women about this. I have a good friend and she tell she told me the other day men and women are created equal. We might have been created as equal as a human being but the man is above the woman. Our our responsibilities are totally different. The man is the head of the household. He makes the decisions. The woman comes to the man, puts her faith in him as to what needs to be done. Nowadays, the women make all the decisions. It's totally disrupted the family unit. It's disrupted our society. It's it's changed the way everything is done. So, getting away from that because I don't want that don't want the talk to go to that but there's no woman out there that can compare to me on a level of predator calling there's not one single woman I don't care who she is where she's at there's no woman out there that can be even close to the same level of a hunter that I am I'm that confident okay and so being a leader, when it it when it comes to hunting and predator calling, you have to be decisive on how you're going to hunt. You have to know how you're going to walk in on a stand. And it, I'm going to tell you this. Many, many stands. I've never called before. In different states. So I walk. 400 yards out to this little rise and I get out there and I'm slowly starting to peek up over this hill just to look and I scan left I scan right and I look it over and then Jeff and I may I may talk to Jeff I'll say the way the winds blowing we need to go over here we need to walk another 400 yards over to that hill right there I just have a feeling there's coyotes over that away and that's what we do. You have to be decisive. Now, does it always pan out? No, but a high percentage of the time it does. So, I talked with a gentleman last night that has a a very good uh, YouTube appearance and they kill a lot of coyotes and we talked about, he's never talked to me on a phone before and we finally hooked up and we talked and it was a good conversation because we share a lot of the same beliefs and I feel that the number one thing to your success is being willing to sacrifice things and being willing to put in the time And having the perseverance to just do it. You know, it's easy. It's so easy to make excuses. I can't get no land. I I, I don't have good enough spots. The coyotes aren't responding to my calls. There's a host of things. Do you think I... (laughs) I I'm I have people message me all the time. I've got 60,000 acres in West Texas. I'd love to have you come call. I, I get offers all the time. I love going and finding my new my own new spot. I love it. I love it. That's part of being a leader is chartering new country and figuring it out on your own. But you know what? Everywhere I go, I've got another phenomenal coyote caller with me and that's my brother. We look at things about the same but when I'm having a bad day and I make four stands and I haven't called a coyote yet, I'm like, Jeff, what do you think we should do? We need to go over there, Les. And usually I listen to him because He sees things in a whole different light that I'm not seeing. And that's why it's valuable to have somebody in your circle that you can rely on. That's like a brother. You guys, but there's a code of ethics, okay? That person can't be introducing new people to calling and taking them to your spots. That's just not acceptable. It's not. This, this, you should, you should cherish, cherish having spots that are successful. You should cherish that and keep it to yourself. I've got stands whenever I called. I lived in Wyoming clear back in 96, 97. I killed one winter, probably a hundred coyotes within a 20-mile radius of Rollins, Wyoming. I lived in Saratoga, but I always went towards Rollins because it was public land over there. Saratoga was virtually all private. And I had a few ranches there that I could touch on, but it was my buddy Norm. He had all the rights and that, and I didn't want to be on his land that he had permission on. So I went and found my own stuff. And to this day, to this day, I've got stands near Rollins that I've filmed. Jeff and I have went to for Predator Quest. Every time I've ever been passing through that we want to make a stand, I've called coyotes on those stands every time. Now so in the last 20 years I've called them stands seven times and they've produced every time that's pretty incredible don't you think to be able to travel a thousand miles somewhere and look out the window and say I killed a double right here Jeff and I've done that so many times Jeff because I've killed coyotes all over Wyoming all over and we'll be traveling through and I remember it like it's yesterday and it's part of being a leader is getting out there and going and chartering new country quit being quit being a little pansy a little crybaby a little wussy and saying I just can't find no land to call I I ain't got no good spots. The coyotes are howling at me. They're barking at me. Get the F out of there. Drive 40 miles and spend a day when it's in the spring and go meet new people and and knock on doors and say, hey, I call coyotes. I I just saw your property. It looks phenomenal. It, It looks like you may have coyotes in the area. If I come back next fall, could I could I ask you for permission to call your land? And then start, if they say no, start talking to them about their property. I see you have cows. How, how, how is the cattle business going for you? Is everything going good? Uh, did you lose any, uh, calves to coyotes or do they harass you at all in the, in the springtime when you're calving? Start developing a rapport with people. Be like me, travel all over the country. I always say it's only gas money. That's it. My time's not worth anything. I don't look at it as like I'm, like it's worth anything when I'm wanting to learn. When I'm wanting to push myself. Because who can sit in their house when you have four or five other people over and couples over uh, for a Super Bowl party? Who can sit there and say, you know what, I I, I went out on a limb last year and I went to two other states calling coyotes. The other people in the room are going to be envious of you because you get to see things with your eyes that other people don't get to see. I have literally called thousands and thousands and thousands of stands all over the United States and in Canada. And what's better about being a leader is when you can squash people when they try to FUD you. And I've said this one other time and it's the first thing that come to my mind. I've got two things I'm going to talk about because they're important. I was given a presentation in Red Deer, Alberta. And right after that presentation, I was there for another day. It was a two day, two and a half day sporting event. I I was hired to be there and present, have a booth. And after that, my outfitter buddy, we were going to go hunt for seven days after that. And we killed about 50 coyotes in seven days. It was a pretty harsh winter. And it was late February, early March. And I gave a presentation. There's about 150 people in the room. There was a cowboy, a big old cowboy had his, he was leaning back in his chair, had his, his boots kicked up and his feet crossed and he's all sprawled out and he's chewing on a toothpick and had his cowboy hat tipped kind of down. And at the end of my presentation, I said, is there any questions out there? And this cowboy says, and he's, using his toothpick in his mouth. And, and this was clear back, you know, probably eight, nine, ten years ago. And he says, you, you speak of the sound you use sounds like a jackrabbit, but I have news for you. There's no jackrabbits around here. So, what sound are you going to use? And I said, I'm glad you brought that up. I said, the the misconception with our human brain is that we have to sound like an animal that is here and now for the coyotes in order for them to come in and that's not the case but you can listen to whoever you want. I said I'm going to use the same sound I always use and it's a deep raspy sound and it sounds like a antelope in distress bawling, just ba ba, and Nobody said anything. We left that and I think I killed 47 coyotes in seven days. And I used the same sound over and over and over again. See, the thing is, if you can't stand up for what you're doing, you're not a leader. You know, if you have a Jezebel in your household or a girlfriend that's a Jezebel, She's got to put you down. That is Satan. She has got to, she wants to be in control. She wants to be the leader over you and turn you into an Ahab, a little submissive little bitch. So, if you, if you are going to be a leader, You've got to start standing up for what you believe in. And what that means is, even when it comes to hunting, you've got to be able to tell people. To see a person that asks a question, they want the question to go their way in what their thought process is. He, he was really saying, I know you're going to sound like a snowshoe hare. Tell me, that's the sound you're using. You're using a snowshoe hare. I know you are. That's what he wanted me to say. Not the fact that I said, no, no, I'm I'm using a jackrabbit. I don't care if you don't have jackrabbits here. They have more like a brush rabbit up there. So it's between a cottontail and a jackrabbit, and it probably got a higher pitch scream. I don't know. But I don't care, you know. So so you have to be a leader. Another aspect, okay. And this is this is, an as- this is an area I-, I-, I want you guys to understand it comes with the territory. With me being a professional and being on television, people want to try to chop my feet out from underneath of me and discredit me, okay? So, there's a forum called Predator Masters and there was a question one time. And I used to frequent them. I haven't been on Predator Masters for five years. I just don't care anymore, you know, about that kind of stuff. I pre- I present my own information in my Facebook lives and now my podcast. And if people want to learn, they can come to me. If not, that they can go to those forums, you know, and sniff around. But this one person asked, said, when it comes to shotgunning, what what ammunition do you use and why and so that's pretty um pretty vague to some degree I just said I shoot a 10 gauge I can't find ammo no more for it in lead so all I've ever shot is t-shot steel and the st- the steel that I shoot is Winchester Dry Lock, and it patterns out of my SP10 like nobody's business. And I've killed literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of coyotes with it. And I'm telling you that thread went to nothing to people dogpiling on Les Johnson, saying steel shot is a is a joke. You're you're so full of crap. Just <laughs> Uh, okay okay I can and, and that's kind of when the turning point was for me that I was just like you know what I I don't even need to say anything I just need to keep killing coyotes doing my thing and uh, they can all read the forums every night when they get in from not seeing a coyote all day you know see what they're doing wrong but I also said you have to know your range. You can't be shooting at coyotes at 70 yards and just thinking they're going to drop dead, you know. Um, but literally, I've killed so many coyotes with my SB-10 that it's it's stupid, really. I When I was killing 100 coyotes, I used to keep track when I was in Wyoming. I would kill 40 over 40 of them with my 10-gauge when I hunt by myself because they come in close because i bury myself i i mean i i hunker clear down when they're coming in good i just hunker clear down in the sagebrush so i'm peeking through the sagebrush and if that coyote stops at 80 yards i just "Eh, yeah 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 and he perks he twists his head around perks his ears up like okay here it's right in front of me here i come and then as soon as he gets about 20 yards I just set up and boom I never remembered aiming. I just, that, that SP-10 was part of me. I just could just pull up and just smoke them. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Killed them stone cold dead. Like, there's no twitching, there's no nothing. Maybe a, a tail ringing and that's it. But, the thing is, being a leader in your hunting, making decisions, not being uh, indecisive. You are going to find out that your decision making is going to get better and better because it's your confidence. You know, now you know. One time I took Norm hunting and he's now he's 85 years old, 86 years old in Saratoga. And we went driving around. I had one place I wanted to go, and we got a southwest wind, and usually didn't get that kind of a wind in that spot. It was always north, 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 northwest, and it was wrong for this spot. And we were driving around one time, and we're 60 70 miles from Saratoga and I pull off of the little two track we were on I started bumping sagebrush slipping out with my little niece on bumping and about a quarter mile out there was a hill just a little hill and as soon as I pull off the road he's like he hit me and he threw both his arms out he's like what's going on what'd you see because he thought I saw a coyote or something I said, "No, we're gonna go make a stand," and <laughs> I can remember him it, to this day. The wind blows so hard that that sagebrush was only about six inches tall. Like it looked like the the moon. Like it it was just wide open, nothing, little tiny, short sagebrush as far as you could see, just nothing. Like you, you couldn't even hide a jackrabbit. And he's like why are you going out here? I said, we're going to go park behind that hill, and I'm going to call in a coyote, and he and he started laughing at me. He said, there ain't no freaking coyote out in this crap, and I said, okay, because you said that, you're going to sit a little bit downwind of me, and you're going to be the one shooting, so don't miss, and he laughed at me, so we sneak up over this hill, and I point, I said, and I told him, I said, go sit down right over there, as God is my witness second series i had a big old dark male come ripping in out of nowhere i mean we're scanning and I'm looking around and you know it's one of them spots you can see for a mile and a half and just out of nowhere you see a streak of a lightning coming at you and it's like how the heck did you get this close to me without me seeing you like that's how it was He come ripping in, he went right, right 80 yards from Norm, come loping right up, stopped, Norm pulls up with his rifle. He's, he's so freaking shocked, he shoots and he misses. And that coyote turns and wheels out of there and he drilled him on the running shot. And that was a joke for a long, long time. After that, he said, you know what? I would have bet anything that there was no coyote there. I, I, and to this day, he'll he'll still bring up that spot. But when you have confidence and you start to learn more about the coyotes, more about what makes a coyote feel secure and safe, you are going to start having a confidence with yourself that's going to carry over and be part of your actions. You, like a big thing for me is I don't like to always call from a road to call the coyotes towards the road, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's some phenomenal stands where you can just park in the road ditch, walk up over the hill, make a series. But if you're on a busy road, coyotes don't, they don't necessarily like the road because they know it's there. They cross the road that morning, they hear the traffic, so they try to get clear back in there away from the road. That's just the way it is. Like I said, I've killed a ton of them right by the road. I've shotgunned a ton of them right by the road. But this whole coyote calling dynamic is changing. There's more and more and more and more people pursuing coyotes and what are they doing? They're calling from the road. So as a leader, you've got to start making different decisions. You've got to I can take the easy peasy route and call right here or I can hike in there another 400 yards and I know that Kyle's going to run me over because he feels totally safe. See, being a leader also, also puts you in a position to become so much better you're not going to skimp like you did in the past. You're not going to bellyache like you did in the past. You're going to lose all, uh, you're going to use all those L's or the lost or the we didn't call one on that stand. You're going to use all those L's to your advantage to get better. I gave a Facebook Live yesterday, and last I looked, I think I was already over 10,000 views of it, but traditionally, my favorite time to call coyotes, and it's only because this is the most time that I have because I'm done guiding whitetail hunters, I'm done messing with whitetail, I'm done with helping harvest, uh, which is all in the fall. I'd love to go spend two months in October, and November and do nothing but kill coyotes but that's my busiest time of the year so I like to call coyotes the end of February and clear into March and when I did my live I told people I said now's the greatest time to call coyotes and I got numerous guys that were like I can't call a coyote right now and I this is the worst time of year for me and blah 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 but see this is the mindset what happens everybody's gung-ho in October to call coyotes so you call you call you call and your luck is so much better probably because you're calling in more pups and then as you go through January January gets kind of tough Because of all the the breeding and early into February, and you're like, there's so many people that just hang up the calls right then. It's not even funny. Like if you do a confidence analysis of predator callers, January would bottom out big time, and then February it would be horrific. But that's when I start killing coyotes. Why? Because that's when I have the best luck. I I and this gentleman's like, man, I just can't get him to come in. Like, what's the deal, Les? Like, what are you doing different? And I said, I said, quit reading all these magazines and crap. Quit, quit, quit thinking you got to throw house out there and do all this other bullshit, you know, because essentially, in my opinion, that's what it is. Most people are trying to sell something, you know. I'm not saying howling doesn't work. Yeah, it works. I howl. But there's a time and a place for everything, you know. Can it increase your odds? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. But late winter, if there's been a winter, the fat reserves on a coyote have been depleted. They become hungry. They do. They're, they're wore out too from a long winter, just like deer. So they've got that against them, you know, and then uh, another thing, they've bred. So now they're starting to develop a, a territory where, a a home area where they're going to have their pups, the male and the female. So what happens with that? Let me give you a an example. Say you're a newlywed. And you've got a good looking wife. And every time you go out somebody's looking at your wife hitting on your wife and you notice this one guy is always hitting on your wife. You and your wife are at home. You have to go do some stuff. So, you run across town but you get halfway across town and you forgot your credit card or your wallet that you were going to use to buy something. So, you turn around and you go back home. Right when you get home, you see this guy that's been hitting on your wife everywhere you go. He's coming out the front door. What do you do? You bow up like a peacock. Why are you here? Oh, I just... uh, uh, uh. So then you confront your wife too. You get... You are very territorial over your home turf. So what does me, calling late season after the coyotes have bred, They start developing their little home turf. I'm sitting on a stand, and right before I start calling, I hear two coyotes howling about a mile and a half from me. And then I hear another coyote uh, about a mile from me, a lone coyote howl, in a different direction. I get up from that stand, go back to my vehicle with Jeff. We slip around. We go after that double. We slip in, I think, okay, they're in that next draw, clear over there, they're on that side hill. And we slip around, the wind's in our advantage, we set down. I don't need to howl. All I need to do is play rabbit distress really quiet for a little bit. Then play it again, inch the volume up, then bring it right back down. Just keep inching it up until they could hear it. And pretty soon, I see two coyotes just ripping in, ripping in, because when they have established their territory, when they are going to have pups uh, in another month, month and a half, they consider that their home turf. When you slip into it, they have to come check it out. They have to. Even if they have to circle clear downwind, they have to come check it out. I don't have that problem with coyote circle on me very often. not very often at all. And most of the time when I slip into an area like that this late in the year, I'm shotgunning one of them. And that one's going to come right in to 15 yards and I'm going to set up and it's going to look at me all puzzled like uh, you don't look like a rabbit and then kerwamo right in the face. You have got to start thinking like a coyote. The dynamics are the same as people. Okay. You've got really aggressive coyotes that want to fight all the time. You've got really submissive pups that don't want no part of howling. They, they hear a howl, they're going the other way. They hear a distress cry. They're going the other way. They are timid. They're scared. So many people, "Eh, Les, I I called and all I seen was a coyote going the other way. Yeah, he could have been called. Shit, I don't know. Get over it. Go to the next stand. Quit being hung up on a coyote. Now, if every coyote's doing that, it's either you are doing something wrong or the whole area is wrong, and I have a, a strong inclination that not every coyote hears a sound. You know, I, I'm so anti that. So many people, oh, everything's call shy, bullshit. So you got a guy that's been running a TV show for 14 years, I've called all over the United States, uh, uh, west of the Missouri, all over, and Les Johnson just... He just lucks out. He's always got good places to call. You going to give me that line of crap? I'm just lucky. Oh, you you got into a spot that ain't been called? Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, say whatever you want. I don't care. I mean, that's just the forum BS right there. People wanting to pick fights and piggy tail pull. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to help you See what it is you need to see, what it is you need to know. <clears throat> you know, and that's that's the thing about being a leader, you got you've got to learn to make good decisions. Do I always make good decisions? No <clears throat> If I go into a virgin country that we've never hunted I'm very anal when I say anal I'm anal like I don't want to call here I want to back back out and go call back there to slowly start opening up I never want to get into the good stuff and blow everything out I'm so anal and that is one of my biggest detriments and that's the biggest thing that slows me down like I could be on my way to a 15 coyote day, but because I slow everything down, I'm only going to get five today. Because I don't, in, it, one of my things with me is I don't want to call shy coyotes. I don't want to mess coyotes up. I am freaking anal on that. And maybe all of you should be that way too. I don't laugh when I miss a coyote. I get pissed off. And it is, but that's a leader. He's not happy. He wanted a better outcome. If somebody can laugh laugh about it, they're the ones that can't call a coyote a year from now. They're like, I can't call one. I don't know. What's going on? If you don't take it serious, you're never going to be good at it. I am freaking anal about calling coyotes. Even 51 years old, I am anal about it. when we close the door, when I take somebody with me, there ain't no talking. There ain't no walking loud. You know, prime example, prime example. My brother and I, about a month and a half ago, so we're mid-March, so it would have been, it would have been sometime early February. We went on a calling trip. And this day, I think I killed eight. And then I had two seven days right after that. We park and take off walking. The snow had been melting, so everything is crunchy. But some of the snow had melted off in blotches, so some of the grass was showing. And when when my brother and I started walking in on this spot, it was still, it was just getting light enough you could barely see. I wanted to sneak into this spot, get there, set up, and then set there for 15, 20 minutes to let it get light enough so we could start filming. I wanted the whole country to to calm down and totally forget that my brother and I were even crunching through snow. So we leave the pickup and we take off. We are literally tiptoeing from this patch of grass to this little tiny hole in the snow that had a a few blades of grass sticking through so it barely crunch see I don't want to be harsh I don't want to be but there are so many people that make excuses so if you would have walked in like a slumbering alcoholic that went out partying the night before till 2 a.m. hitting on the barmaid and then said let's go call coyotes pulled up to that spot with beer on your breath the sun's just coming up and you tromped out there to make a stand not caring about stepping on this piece of grass that piece of grass and you sit down and you don't call a coyote what's the difference between you and Les Johnson I take it serious I'm determined I have perseverance. Nobody's going to slow me down. Nobody. And I'm a leader. I get shit done. We tiptoed into that spot. Jeff's setting 10 yards from me to my downwind. I sat there and I wait and I wait and I wait. I'm sitting up next to a rock cliff. And I play the Lucky Duck. I I play Lucky Cottontail is what I played. And I played it pretty soft. Probably 12, 10 to 12, because it was just slight, slight, slight breeze. And I have a series of humps to my left, like little moguls. And that rock rim goes to the south, right, the direction where they could come from because there's a big yucca flat out there but there's there's rock cliffs in front of us with canyons around the corner and stuff and that's where I think they're going to come from if a coyote comes in so I play the call for probably 45 seconds and then I shut it off and I sit there and I look and I glass and I look Then I play it again and I inch it up to like 14, 15 and it's echoing off of all the rocks and stuff in the area. And I shut it off and I'm sitting there a little bit. Mind you, Jeff is hard right. So I have to turn my head clear around and I have to actually look back and Jeff is sitting under a rock there on a rock cliff on a ledge and then he looks my way, and he can see the moguls, but if a coyote shows up hard left, he can't really see it, because he's kind of sitting back a little bit, the way the rim comes around, so I happen to turn my head to the left, and there stands a coyote 125 yards from me up on the first mogul. He's just standing there looking at me. I'm like, I slowly turn my head, and I just go, Jeff looks at me and then I just point straight straight my left and Jeff's like I can't see it and I said it's hard left you know I'm trying to tell him that he's around the corner but just get the camera up because he's gonna come right to me and I turn back and the coyote's still standing there looking around so I hit play and I turn it really really soft and boop it come down off the little mogul loping or trotting. It was only trotting. So I hunker clear down under that rock cliff. As soon as it disappeared, I lay clear down on my back and I I aim the shotgun. But I'm sitting high enough that the last mogul is about 35 yards when that coyote's going to come up. But once it comes off of that, it's going to go down and I won't even be able to see it when I'm laying there because I'm on a little ledge. Sure enough, Jeff's filming it. It comes down off that first one. Then it comes up another one and it stops and I left it play really soft and then it just trotted right over the top of that one, come up the next one and it's right there by me. It comes up and I shut it off because now I want it to look for the sound. So I shut the call off and it comes up, and it looks around a little bit, and then down it goes, so then I'm like, oh my gosh, where is this coyote going to come up, where is it going to come up, so I have my shotgun facing where it was, and that coyote comes trotting up the bank right at me, and all I see is it's two ears coming up, and I'm talking three yards, two to three yards is all this coyote was, and it comes up, it has its face right there. My shotgun's pointed right at it, and Jeff got it all on film. I haven't even looked at it, but he's like, yeah, it's bad. I pull the trigger, and I shoot that thing right in the face at like two to three yards, and then as soon as I look where that coyote come from, because, you know, February, virtually all the coyotes are paired up. I just know there's another coyote. When I seen that coyote closer, I knew it was a female, so instantly I saw another coyote and Jeff did too he started filming it so then I went to bully beat down and that coyote went down below us and he started scratching and pissing and doing his thing so I played bully beat down and that thing here he come circling clear around us out in front of us which wasn't even downwind but he wanted his mate he had to have his mate where'd she go so he circles around in front of me, and I kill him at about 125 yards with my rifle. <clears throat> so the moral of this story is, as I said, you can take 100 people and put them in the same predicament. Okay, there's there's a, there's a, a drone that flew over the area with uh, thermal, and it says there's two coyotes in this basin. How are you going to hunt it? my way of hunting it was, we tiptoed in. We took our time going in, stepping on every piece of dry grass or open grass that we could step on. We still made noise, but we stay together. He's right with me. We're walking right together. So even if a coyote's half mile away and hears a little crunching and happens to look, he thinks it's antelope or something. We aren't, we aren't trying to be flashy and walking 40 yards apart you know what I mean so we snuck into this spot and we we went from maybe not seeing a coyote to killing two coyotes and one of them with a shotgun and doing it in February you know when it's historically kind of tough for people so think about some of the things that you do in your coyote calling that you can change where you could be more assertive, where you, where you could be more decisive on decision making. Quit listening to a lot of the hoopla out there. Quit listening to it. Quit listening to, oh, you got to do the female invitation or the challenge. Yeah, some of that works. I'm not going to dispute that. It's just, it's, it is what it is. I've killed thousands of coyotes and never howled. Never howled. This year, there's tons of predator callers all over the place. People getting skunked every day in North Dakota saying they're all call shy. I don't believe that crap. I don't believe it for a second. They are not all call shy. They aren't. Even if they've been called and they are starving right now, they're coming to a call. It's, you're calling too loud, you're set up, when they come over a hill, they see you laying on the hillside. You may think you got good snow camo, you don't. They see you, they see the pigment of snow camo. I've had coyotes running in, running in, and hit their skids at 150 yards like they they seen a train coming. What I do, I've never wore that camo ever again, ever in my life it went in the tra- trash dumpster when you find a, a, a pair of camo that works you never quit wearing it that's what you wear and you try not to wash it you just keep wearing it let it age let it sun let it let it get bleached out you wear that same camo. everybody wants to look cool out there wear the newest stuff some of the newest stuff has the brightest stuff in it and the coyotes see the pigments but don't say you heard it from me, okay? And I'm being a little bit facetious, but anyway, guys, I'm gonna say a prayer. I, I'm thankful that all of you are listening. I hope you gain something from this. I want to build your confidence. I want to give you confidence, okay? I want you to be better. That's why I do this. I ain't making nothing from this. I'm not making a single thing from doing this another hour of my time trying to help people. And and I'm I don't expect nothing. But I want you to learn. I want you guys to be better. If you take the time, I want you to be better than all the other callers out there. I want you to have knowledge. I want you to be good and better. I want you to be a leader. I don't want you to be some pansy that's letting somebody walk all over you like I did half my life or three quarters of my life. I finally stand up to people and that's when you get abrasiveness. Then they hate you, which is fine. That's on them. That's on them. You're just sticking up for yourself and that's a good thing okay I've only got a minute left so I want to say a prayer so everybody if you if you want to want to listen to this that's wonderful Heavenly Father thank you so much for all the listeners today God please help them to be better in all aspects of their life give them the strength and the courage to turn over a new leaf in their life help them to say no like I never did God give them strength Please forgive us of our sins. Help us to be better people. Help us to be appreciative of all of your creation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a very blessed day. Say thank you to God. Look outside and be thankful for being alive. Thank God for that. He will bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you.